faith or confession of faith as we just speak this over a word I'm going to share with you this morning out of the scriptures. Would you say with me, thank you, Lord, for the word. This morning as I hear your word, my faith will be energized. I confess I'll not only hear it, I'll also do it. Because I hear it and I do it, my life won't stay the same. Thank you, Lord, for your life-changing, ever-living, miracle-working word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I speak, there's, uh, there's at least three families, uh, marriages, that there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot, there's a lot of turmoil. And I just speak peace over your home in the name of Jesus. God knows who you are. You know who you are. Receive it right there in the name of the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to, um, you know, acknowledge who, but in your family, it's between a husband and a wife, but in your family, there is, there is a lot of, lot of turmoil. You need God's touch. You need God's touch. Now receive this in the name of Jesus, a divine touch. And I speak peace over, over this household, these households right now. I speak a, a spirit of understanding between the husbands and wives, praise the Lord, uh, so that they can uh, communicate better and interrelate better in Jesus' name. And I rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that demon uh, that would like to split, to divide. In the name of the Lord, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And you stop your work against these families now. Now, glory to God. Thank you that peace will reign. Peace will reign in their hearts and peace will reign in their families in Jesus' name. Praise God. I love the Holy Spirit. How about you? Praise the Lord. I, I got two base scriptures I want to talk to you from this morning. Acts chapter 24 and verse 16 and 1 Corinthians 10 and 32. Those of you who take notes, if you'd write those two down, uh, it'd be good if you turn to them. Uh, I know they'll probably put them up on the board, but Acts chapter 24 and verse 16 and then 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 32. I've got something that I really feel like the Lord prompted me uh, to go back and to share that can, in fact, I just tell you, it, it will be a life changer to you if you, when we implement it in, into your life and no matter what level of implement, implementing you are you already at in, in, in what I'm going to be sharing with you, <clears throat> you there's still always an area to grow, amen? But um, these two scriptures, have you found the, the first one here? The first one says, Acts 24, verse 16 says, And here, herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. I exercise myself to always, to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. The second scripture, <clears throat> that, so that first one refers to, you know, a, a being offended or offended at, at someone or, or offended at God. The second scripture is 1 Corinthians 10, 32. It, it says, give no offense to the Jews or the Greeks or to the church of God. If I could read that in the Living Bible, it says, so don't be a stumbling block to anyone, whether they're Jews or Gentiles or Christians. Don't be a stumbling block to anyone. I want to talk to you this morning about uh, an offense-free life, okay? I don't know, there's just something about that little phrase that just in, inside me just puts a smile on my you can't say in my tummy, but he puts a smile inside just, just to imagine, you know, that God, that, that what's, that's what God wants for us, an offense-free uh, life, an uh, offense-free lifestyle. I, I was I read a little story about a woman who came up after the service to her pastor. She was a little embarrassed, you know, and she said, Pastor, I just, I just hope you didn't take it personal when my husband got up and, and walked out of service right in the middle of your sermon. And uh, he said, well, you know, I, I didn't take it personal. <clears throat> it was, was a little odd and, and disconcerting. She says, well, please just don't take it personal. It's not a reflection on you. He said, he's, 
you know, it's just he's, he's, he's just been walking in his sleep ever since he was a little child. So <laughs> sometimes you have even you have more options to be offended than you can imagine. Amen. But an offense-free life, and I realize that some of you in here you've already got this down. I mean, you're not ever bothered by it, right? And uh, so it's no big deal to you. But you can listen to it to train your kids and your grandkids, okay? But there are many of us uh, who have to deal with this matter on a regular basis as we, as we make this press to live the blessed life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And obviously, obviously, it's, it's been something that people dealt with from the beginning of the writing of the scriptures. Here, the apostle Paul, you know, we just read in his writings, we know that he had he had some issues with it, and he tried to help people with it himself and other people because of the amount of, of words that he penned having to do with this subject uh, of offenses. Uh, so, you know, he, he got saved. He was, had an experience with the Lord. He grew in the Lord, and then he became a leader in the church, you know, a key leader. In fact, he became, you know, the apostle to the Gentiles. And the Apostle Paul came to understand something about this thing called offense. And he understood the pain and the damage that it causes to us as individuals as well as that it can cause to us as the body of Christ, you know, at, at large. And so he underscores the, the weightiness of this matter as he talks uh, to the churches about being offended or, or offenses and so forth. We know that he talked to the, to the church at Rome. It's included in the, in the book uh, about offenses. There are many references I could read them, read them to you. He, and to the church at Corinth in both of the books, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, he, he speaks to the church about it. Uh, we know that he talked to the church of the, uh, in Philippi. So he, he dealt with the Philippians about it. Uh, one scripture in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 3, this is something that he told them. He said, look, we try to live in such a way that no one will ever be offended or kept back from finding the Lord by the way we act so that no one can find fault with us and blame it on the Lord. We try. He said, listen, what we are doing, me, he's saying me and I guess his staff, his his group, his team, what we are trying to do is, is to live in such a way that we don't ever offend anybody. Now, we all know that offense comes whether that you want to offend somebody or not. But he said, listen, my lifestyle here is, is to be one uh, who will never offend or keep back anybody from finding the Lord by the way that that." that that our act. So offense-free living, it's a good thing. It's a God thing. It's a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. I, I, wish, it, I, I wish it were more, I wish it were greater in the minds of, of just society in general. But you know, we live in a society that this is not the way that they live. All right, think with me for a minute. This is not the attitude of the society that, that, we, that we live in. It seems like that the society we live in, I mean, they get offended about everything, anything, everything. And you're going to offend somebody some way, somehow, about something that you do or say, you know, it, 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 no matter what, which it is. And sometimes we find that even Christians, you know, we, we just don't understand it. And, and sometimes... You know, we don't realize that it's, it's not the way that God wants us to live. It's not a lifestyle that God wants us to live in. Of course, Christians, it ought to be an oxymoron because, I mean, we as Christians are supposed to be striving to live a life that reflects the character and the nature of Jesus Christ who refused to be offended and who refused to hold unforgiveness even though they beat him, they cursed him, they spit on him, they, they, they took away his dignity, they, 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 caused, they took his clothes away and then they nailed him to a cross and left him to die yet he refused to be offended and he refused to hold unforgiveness toward them. What did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't have any idea what they're, what they're doing. But just if you'll think with me, the, just think of the pain that is caused in our world today among humanity by the spirit of offense. It, it's just amazing. It's at the root. Offense is at the root of, 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 of broken relationships and 
dysfunctional families and, you know, and dividing of marriages and communities and tribes, ethnicities, uh, countries, even nations. Offense is at the root of it. I mean, wars are literally fought over this, this spirit, whether it be in a family, family to family. Have you ever heard of the, the Hatfields and the McCoys, right? I mean, you know, you know, or what about the Jones and the Browns? Or the, no, come on now. All right, but I mean families, and, and then all the way to nations. Leaders get offended at one another and then think of the hundreds of thousands of people who pay the price of their offense in the outcome of actions uh, that they take. Amen. A whole nations go ablaze. Look at the Middle East right now. Uh, whole nations are ablaze because of this killer spirit called offense. If you, if you just look at history, you can follow you can follow these conflicts many times and wars and genocides back through history to peoples and tribes and nations. Centuries old offenses that have just been held and hatreds that have been, uh, you know, held on to and they, and they simmer, they simmer in the environment of these demon spirits and then wars break out and people are, are killed and genocides happen. Even in our lifetime, think of the genocides uh, that have happened in our lifetime. I'm not that old. There's a, there's a lot of them. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Give that, give that sister some money, old oh man. Praise the Lord. Amen. But just think of it. I mean, wow. This is going on now over in the Middle East. This is going on in Iraq and is, is going on in, in Syria, in Afghanistan. All of those things can be traced back to centuries, centuries of offenses and, and hatred. This killer spirit that wants to grab the hearts of people. And God just doesn't want us to live that way. Can I have a good amen? God doesn't want us to live that way. We, hey, say, everybody say, I'm a Christian. I have another way to live. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you. In our nation, if you don't listen to what I'm preaching to you this morning, you don't get this down in your heart, listen, listen. You, you will find because of the cultural pressures on you, you will find yourself offended in every kind of thing from the government to the IRS to the races to the, you know, the person in the city to the north to the south. To, come on now, because this is something that is common to man. And it's a temptation that the devil has to to just really mess up our lives. Really, really mess up our lives. There, there's a scripture in Romans chapter 12 where the apostle Paul tells us, he says, he's still on this same subject. He says, repay no evil, no one evil for evil. Don't pay anyone evil for evil. They do evil. It does not give us the right to do evil back. They think evil, we don't think evil. They think racial hatred. We don't think hate, racial hatred. We don't hate our brothers. Think about history. We don't hate our brothers. We Christians. Everybody say, I'm a Christian. Now, I know I'm touching maybe on some sensitive things here because we're a multiracial church. We're a multi, you know, we, we're a mix. When we come into the kingdom of God, we become one. We are in one family. And we love each other, hallelujah, and we support each other, and, 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 and we guard our minds that hatred and offense does not come inside. Because if we let it, then we'll begin to hate in places that we ought not hate, rather than love. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 12 says, repay no evil, no one evil for evil, but value good things in the sight of all men. For it is possible if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Praise the Lord. That's the blessed life. Praise the Lord. The first time I can remember God specifically talking to me uh, about offenses and being offended, uh, letting offense get into my heart was way back in the 90s, 1990s, not 18, <laughs> in the 19s. I saw some of you. You thought, yeah, he's, he's, he was back after the Civil War. No, that's not me. Uh, no, but I think it was about 1991. 
But I don't remember all the circumstances about it. It's been over 20 years ago, but uh, you know, I was meditating on this and thinking about it. And, and the Lord said something to me. He, he stopped me. He says, he said very emphatically, he says, you stop saying something offends you. Stop saying that offends me. Don't you say that. You don't have the, first he says, you don't know what you're saying, which was true, I didn't. I, I didn't know what I was saying. And then he told me, he says, you don't have the right, you don't have the right to let something offend you. And so the, the Lord talked to him, he says, you put that out of your vocabulary. Put it out of your vocabulary. This is over 20 years, 23 years ago. Put that out of your vocabulary because you don't know what you're saying. And I'm saying, I'm kind of just thinking, you know, well, I don't know what the, what the problem is here. You know, that was a common saying, well, that, you know, that's offensive, that offends me. Uh, you know, da 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 da, da. Or, and, and the Lord told me, you, you don't do that. Most as everybody I knew did it, Christians and unchristians, you know, so. And, and that was the first time that I remember the Lord talking to me or anybody with, with great authority talking to me about this, about this spirit. And, and, the, and the Lord said, stop it. He said to me, stop it. So this is why I'm, you may think I'm a little dogmatic on this, but I, I, this is a word from the Lord to me because it will enrich your life. It will enrich your life if you can, if you can grab the concept of an offense-free life. I'm not telling you you're not going to have a lot of opportunities uh, to, to receive offenses and deliver you. you. You're going to have a lot of them, you know, but, but what you do with them is so very, very important. So the Lord said to me, and, then, and, and I'm thinking in my mind, why? You know, why? What's the big deal? And that's when it went off inside me. Some of you have heard me say this before, but it went off inside me that you do that because offense is a killer spirit. Everybody say killer spirit. Offense is a killer spirit. It is a killer spirit. And I'll define that whether or not it is from a demonic spirit or whether it is a, the spirit or the attitude of one's mind. It is still a killer spirit spirit. And the Lord talked to me about how anything that offense touches or attaches itself to, it begins to kill. Anything that it can touch it or attach to, it will kill. For example, if it can get into friendships, in between friendships, Bob and I are real close, but if offense can work its way in and one of us allows it to attach itself to us, then it will begin to kill what? It will kill respect it will kill honor that we have for each other. It will kill our relationship. That offense will do it because that's the nature of the spirit. If the spirit of offense can get into a marriage, if it can get upon a husband or a wife, it will begin to work and it will begin to kill that marriage. How does it do it? It kills respect for one another. And you know, uh, a marriage where the couples do not respect each other and trust each other, they got problems. Because, you know, they're, they're, the little natural things and the emotional things and sex, and that is not enough to keep a couple together in the hard times. Come on now. So, so if it gets in here, then it begins to divide. It, it, it splits, it divides, it kills. And its purpose or its, its object, right, its object is to bring about division and divorce. Amen? So it's a killer spirit. Say with me, it's a killer spirit. If it gets into the hearts of the people in a church, I'm talking about in a church family now, then it is not satisfied until it produces division, until it produces the death of relationships because it is after something even greater in a situation like that than the relationships. It is after the vision that God has placed. So he's, in a, he's doing an all out assault against the vision that God has uh, placed on a, a group of people that he wants to accomplish. You see, it's a killer spirit. Offense is a killer spirit. When, when it gets, when it gets uh, and, and, and attaches to someone uh, in connection to a leader, or uh, let's we say a pastor or a leader or a boss, you know, somebody who you honor and who you respect, it begins, 
it begins to work to kill that relationship and kill and divide. It won't be long until you'll hate your job. It won't be long until you'll want, you, you, you'll want to leave that job and you'll begin to think, I'm, I'm mistreated and, and nobody loves me and nobody cares because offenses are something that, that we as Christians, you've got to be smart. You've got to be sharp on. And, and you've got to not let those things come into your life. Now, offenses not only feel horrible in our soul. They do. They, offenses, when we begin to, you know, let the, it, it, man, it feels terrible. You, you just, you know, you feel awful and yucky and, and, ugh, and emotionally drained. But it also begins to break loyalties. Offenses causes us to break loyalties to one another. Offenses begins to call an allegiance that we have to one another or a promise or covenant, say amen. And if it's not dealt with real soon in a scriptural way, it's going to go a step farther. In, instead of just those disloyalties, it's going to begin to produce hatred because th that's another step down the line. You know, I just hate that. I hate that person. I hate everything about them. I just, la, 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 because this is the nature of offense. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said on that, on that time, he said, you get it out of your vocabulary. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor, Pastor is telling you to get it out of your vocabulary. I'm just trying to be a good pastor to you. Get it out of your vocabulary. Well, that offends me. Get it out of your vocabulary. Get it out. Thus says the Lord. <laughs> Get it out of your vocabulary. And, 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 uh, and he said to me, you, you, don't know what, you don't know what you're saying. And I think many times we don't. I didn't. I didn't know what I said until I studied it out. And and, and uh, I remember him talking to me. He says, you don't take the thought saying it. You don't take that thought, take it. And that's what Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6 on the Sermon on the Mount there when, when he said, take no thought saying, da la 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 And that's the way we do. We take the thought saying those things. And ever since I've tried uh, to do my best to, you know, not say well, such and such offends me, I've tried to get that out of my out of my vocabulary and not let offenses take a root in my heart. I'm not saying that, that uh, I've never been tested uh, in my faith or in my flesh to accept being offended because I have many, many times. I'm just saying that uh, I've been prompted by the Lord to deal with it and to don't give it place, don't give it freedom to, to incubate in your heart because if you do, uh, it will take over and it will begin to kill to whatever degree or level that you allow it in your life. Can I have an amen? Now here we got back. Go back with me to Acts chapter 24 and verse 16. Am I helping anybody this morning or am I making you mad? Some, some people get offended when you talk about offense. But not y'all. Acts 24 verse 16. It says, And herein, remember we read this, do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man? Herein do I exercise, exercise, exercise. Your Greek dictionary would, would say for that word, it's just like it would be in the English. Train. I train myself. I, I strive. I work hard. I go to great pains. I go to great efforts. You know, I work to have a soul to have a mind or an attitude that is void of offenses toward God because you know you, some people can you can get offended at God people can you may be in a place right now where you think well that's just impossible for me but you know you let the wrong thing happen and you don't understand it and you people good people you know Paul says look we're not going to do that I'm not going there I exercise myself. I do whatever it takes to be void, to have no offense toward God and toward men. You say, well, Pastor, what is, what is offense? Sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, I'm not offended, but. You know, I'm not offended, uh, but. Well, how do you know you're not offended? You know, well, Pastor, I, I'm not offended, but. And sometimes we say that, and then, uh, then, now stay with me here. And then it's really easy to kind of let the pain begin to spew out. 
I'm not offended, but la, 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 let me tell you what they did. Let me tell you what happened. Let me la, 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 la. And so we go. And I'm not saying, I am not saying it's wrong to get that out because you got, you need to get it out. And, and maybe you need to tell somebody and you need to tell God, you need to get it out. But what I am, what I am saying is that let's not be in denial because anything we're in denial on, we won't deal with. If we are in denial that something's going on, uh, you know, then, well, I'm not offended, but let me just show you my heart. Mm, you see it's in here. You know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is let's just don't be, let's just figure out, well, what is this? And then we'll know how to scripturally handle it. You know, there's the two words, offend or offense. If offended or offense. Let me just talk about those two words. The first word is what offended what does offended mean well it has two faces offended has two uh, not four two has two two faces it's either transitive or it's intransitive first is to offend or to be offended either to offend or to be to offend is to is to strike out is to cause the offense it's 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 you know, to be the instigator, to do harm, to make, to get angry, or to make someone angry, etc. Now, the other one is to be, to be offended, and that literally. Now, this is going to shock you, and I hope you write it down or you commit it to your to your mind, because I'm giving you a scriptural definition from the Greek language, and it means this: to be caused to sin, or to sin a sin. To be offended is to sin. A sin. No wonder the Lord said to me, get this out of your vocabulary. Get this out of your life. To be caused to sin. Now, what is an offense? It is a description of a stumbling block. If you look it up in your concordance, it'll probably say stumbling block or something to trip you up. Well, wait a minute. Well, what is the, stu the stumbling? The stumbling block is, is that thing that comes to us to make us fall down to cause us to sin. Well, what do you mean with sin? I've been wrong. No, to sin in that we don't act in or respond in the way that God wants us to respond as a representative of Jesus Christ and as a son of the most high God. That it becomes our sin. We do not respond in the character of God. We respond out of our flesh. And how do you know, most of the time when your flesh responds, it's sin. I, I'm telling you, you know, if I just let my flesh go, help me, Jesus. Y'all don't even want to be around me because, you know, that it's not going to be a pretty thing, right? But this is what this means. The word refers to this. It refers to a trap. You go on a little dig, dig a little deeper. I encourage you, get in your Bibles and read about it and, and study it in, in, in some of the writings. But uh, one writer uh, was, was trying to describe it, and it was trying to describe it like a trap. Have you ever got the concept? Can you get the concept of like a little bird trap? You know, they build it. It's kind of like a little bowl, you know, and a mechanical one, you know, and then it has a stick. It holds it up, and it has bait inside, and there's a stick that goes inside, and you, and you trip that, and it falls down, and they're in a the trap. Well, a fence was, is described as that little crooked stick that goes in there and holds the bait. And when the little birdie goes inside the trap, and tries to get the bait or rubs up against the stick, what happens? It's tripped, it's triggered, the trap falls, and the birdie is trapped. Amen. That's the picture. And this is what God is wanting us to see, that offense is that bait that is inside the trap that when we go inside there, we make our way or we find our way inside there and we bump the stick we, we go for the bait, then we are trapped, the trap falls, and now what are we going to do? You're going to respond either one of two ways. You're going to respond by turning the bait loose and asking the Holy Spirit to set you free, or you're going to hold on to the bait, hold on to the stick, and you're going to then suffer the symptoms of offense. 
Now, see, we think sometimes that the sadness and the depression and the resentment and the, you know, uh, feeling sorry for ourselves and the anger, we, we think that's the offense. No, 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 no. That's the symptoms that offense causes your soul. It, it vexes our soul because it is us accepting a sin against ourselves and against God because we refused to act the way New Testament scripture told us to act whenever offense comes at you. You have no right. Oh my Lord, don't you throw things at me. We have no right. That's what the Lord said to me. He said, Albert, you don't have any right to accept offense. I said, oh, I don't understand. And he began to talk to me about it because offense is to cause to sin a sin or to sin a sin. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to do one of two things. We're going to release it and we're going to say, Holy Spirit, thank you. You're going to, we're going to go a scriptural way and he just opens up the trap and you get to walk out. And then you don't feel the pain. You don't feel the pain of it. Or you just keep holding on to it you stay in the trap, amen, and you begin to feel the misery in the trap. Nelson's Bible Dictionary says, offense also refers to those things which cause a person to do something against his own conscience. This type of offense may be from Satan or from people. Its effect is to entice a person to sin. No wonder, the Lord says, don't, don't, don't say that anymore. Don't say that anymore. Um, okay, I'm going to try to hurry here. Praise the Lord. Am I confusing you or am I helping you? Uh, go with me. Let's look at this. Go with me to chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 24 and let's look at verse 10. Let me show you something. Let me show you why. I, I don't know that I'll get through this message today, but let me just show you why there is an epidemic uh, of culture, cultural and social and political correctness in our society today. You know, it has produced this kind of craziness. I mean, some of the concepts, you know, and the things that come out, you, you just like scratch your head and say, wonder, like, what are people thinking? What are they thinking? Well, they're, I'm offended at this. I'm offended at that. We're, you know, this group's offended at this group. These politicians with this one. You know, it's just church against that. And you think, what are people, what are people thinking? It doesn't, you know, at some point in town, almost anything that we say or do is open for somebody to become offended at it. You know, and, and people just come on in, put me in the trap. Uh, I'm offended. And, and, and God said, you need to understand what you're doing and the pain that you're causing, you're causing yourself. And then we get even offended at things that the Lord, you know, that the scriptures say. You know, if it's gotten to the place in our society that if you stand up, go public on something that even is a universally accepted biblical concept, somebody is going to get offended. You can get fired. Come on, you can get fired for saying something that's in the book. You, you, can, you can be publicly humiliated and called a phobic and a, and a bigot and a, you know, I mean, you, just because just you just say something that God says. How many of you realize this is crazy? It's craziness. It's a killer spirit. And, 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 and I'll tell you why that it is so prevalent in our society today. And the reason is because it is a sign of the last of the last days. It is literally a sign of the last days. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is asked, you know, they said to him, now Jesus, tell us, tell us about all this stuff. Tell us about the last days. Tell us about your return. What all is going to be happening? So he goes into it and he starts explaining. You remember that's the one, he, wars, rumors of wars, famines, you know, da-da-da, all this kind of stuff. He explains and he gives very specific things. But now if you go down, you go all the way down to verse 10. Mark this in your scriptures there. In verse 10 it says, And then many shall be offended, will betray one another, 
Number three, we'll hate one another. Watch the progression. Many will be offended. That word scandalize, uh, it's, it's, it's the word that we get our word scandalize from. It's scalion in the, uh, in the Greek word there. But it means to entice to sin. Many will be enticed. They're going to be hit with stumbling blocks. They're going to be hit with traps to become indignant, entrapped, offended. And then it refers to a falling away. It will cause them to fall. In fact, some of your translations talk about, translate that as a falling away instead of the word offended. And this is what, in these last days, one of the signs of the times is that this crazy spirit is going to be loosed and rampant. Now watch, they'll become offended, stumble, begin to sin because they don't act with the character of Christ. And then what happens? Betrayal, disloyalty. We break confidence with each other, a breaking of allegiances, contracts, and covenants. And then the last one is what? Hate. Just hate, just hate one another. You know that there, there are people literally in our nation today that they absolutely just hate each other. They hate each other. Christians, I just, I hate the government. I hate the Democrats. I hate those Republicans. I hate those conservatives. I hate those liberals. I hate this. I hate, you know. And, and we think as Christians we can do that. It's a sin. Praise the Lord. I'm just telling you the truth. It's a sin. It's a sin. Isn't that something? So Jesus explains to him, and he says, you know, they're going to be offended. Enticed to sin. They're going to hit the stumbling block. They're going to become indignant. This crazy correctness. Rush to be offended. Fight back. And it becomes a predictable sign. Of the end times. You say, well, Pastor, man, what do we do? Are there any basic truths? I think what I'll do, uh, Deb, help me find it. At one time, we produced, uh, there were 10, there was a little thing on 10 uh, things to effectively deal with the spirit of offense. And I think you probably have it somewhere. If you would at least just get it printed out and make it available. Uh, from a long time ago, I think when I, I taught back in the 1990s. We did have computers back then, didn't we? <laughs> I think so. Praise the Lord. But it'll help you. Let me, let me give you, I, okay, I'm going to try to take five minutes. And, and I don't know if I can do it in that. But I'm gonna, I want to give you five quick things. Five. Five quick things. <laughs> I really did not mean ten. Five. <laughs> All right. Five quick things that will help you. This, these are five of the most important that I know of right off the bat because I knew I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't going to have time this morning. Here's my first one. This is the way you can defeat this thing. Number one, you do it by exploring and obeying the Word of God and putting it at the top of your priority for living. And I'm going to tell you why to do that. So write it down. Exploring and obeying God's Word and put it at the top of your priorities. And I'll tell you why. Because if you and I do not learn God's thoughts and God's ways, his nature and his principles and his values, then there is no way. There is, it's next to impossible to handle all the offenses that are going to come at you. That is going to come against your mind. If you and you find out his ways and his thoughts, his values and his concepts and what pleases him. You, you find out what about the kingdom by getting into his word. You know, pastors, preachers, we, we don't stand up and tell you guys, you know, to come and hear the word and read the word. We don't do that just because it says in the manual that's what preachers are supposed to do. You know, pastors are supposed to beat their people over the head, come to church, come to Wednesday, come to Bible study, come and this, it's so important, don't miss it. That's just, that's just what old preachers do. 
No, we don't do that. We're, we do it because I know the value of trying to save your bacon whenever the devil comes to tempt you to get you off course and to trap you. That's why we do that. So the word has to be. Now let me give you your scripture to hold on to. It's in Psalms 119 and in verse 165. And it says this, Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Great peace, not travail, not, not oh, I'm all hurt. I'm all, you can't believe what they, no, great peace have they which love the word, love the word and nothing shall offend them. Why won't nothing offend them? Because they learn how to deal with life. They learn how to deal with life. The, the Living Bible says, those who love your laws have great peace of heart and mind, and they do not stumble. Praise the Lord. Number two, number two. Put the words that offends me out of your vocabulary. I, I, just, I just urge you, please, don't ever say it again. And if you say it by, you know, mistake, then say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to do it anymore. Amen. You say, why that? Because... Words have power, and words validate things. Words validate thoughts that you're having. And if nothing more than saying that validates the fact that I'm considering this, there's power to that. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. Your, your mouth is important. So when the Lord said to me, don't say that anymore, he was trying to get me to stop using the power of my words to meditate on offenses that were trying to come at me. So that's the second thing. And your scripture for that is Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat the fruit. Number three, deal with the tendency to delay the action of forgiveness till you feel like you can. We have a tendency to delay our, our act of forgiveness till we feel like we can. Well, I'll be able to just soon. I'll, I'll do it, you know, maybe in the morning I'll feel like it. Maybe, to, maybe next week I'm going to feel, I just don't feel like doing it right now. What you feel like in God's eyes makes no difference. You're not told forgive when you feel like it. Come on now. You're, you're not told whenever you feel like it, then let's, you're told to forgive and to make it quick because God knows that's how to get you released. Boom, just like that. Get free, you get free. That's part of getting out of the trap. So you, you just forgive and I don't have to give you a word for that. You know the whole scriptures, New Testament, you know, it tells us all we have to forgive, forgive, forgive. And, and you know you're gonna forgive by faith anyway. You got, you're not gonna forgive whenever they say I'm sorry because they may never tell you they're sorry. You're gonna forgive by faith. So let me just give you the little secret of life. Just do it quick, man. And you feel that thing of offense code, you just say, oh, Jesus, I got that one. I forgive them. I forgive them. Man, that just, it makes it so much easier. But you meditate on it a day or two, and it don't get easy. It just gets harder. Number, where, what number am I on? Number four. Here we go. <laughs> Decide to let people be human and imperfect. You've got you to let people be human. How many of you know that people are going to do dumb things? People are, gonna do, people are people. People are going to do dumb stuff. They're going to say things that they don't mean. They're going to say things that are mean. Amen? They're going to say things that they only know a little part about, but they think they know it all, but they don't know it all. They only know one little part. They're going to say things like that. They're going to say things they think it's going to make it better for you, but it just hurts you to the core. They're going to do that, but they're human beings. Human beings are dumb. Well, I'm not dumb. Well, compared to God, you and I are dumb. And we do dumb things because we don't know everything. If we knew everything, then we'd be smart. Hello. So, so what do you do? Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you not take things as an attack. If you hear something, don't take an attack on your person and your value or your worth. Oh, 
It just makes me feel so embarrassed. To ask the Lord to help you, it's not easy. But you ask the Lord, help me. Because, you know, the only one that, the only one you got to please anyway is God. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the one that you please him because nobody, you can't please everybody. You know, you're going to have some that really like you and they're going to have some that think you're, you know, you're kind of off there somewhere, you know. <laughs> kind of strange, weird, you know. But, you know, just, you just please God. And, and that's the only one. Praise the Lord. So let people be human. Just let people be human. And give them what we call in our society, give them the benefit of the doubt. It just means that, you know, they don't have all the evidence. You don't have all the evidence. So rather than you getting all in turmoil, do you know, you remember this, somebody could say, Monica could say some of the most horrible things in the world about me. She could just, you know, say just, but as long as I don't know about it, I'm just happy as a lark. It's not a problem till I hear it. You know what I'm saying? So, so it wasn't the words that were said. It's what I did with them. It's what I did with them. All right, my last one, and I'm closing. All right, here it is. Deal with the spirit world. Deal with the spirit world, the first sign of offense. Deal with the spirit world. Now, what I mean by that is, um, let's say this. It, it would be very accurate for me to say to you that every offense that comes your way to draw you into sin is not from the devil. That, that's every offense that comes, it is not from the devil. Some of them are products of misunderstandings, products of just human whatever, uh, innocent slip-ups, sometimes an unintentional poor choice of words or actions, you know, sometimes it's all that stuff. Some, some may originate from a person's personality. Sometimes some people are just harsh, you know, and they're just brash, and, and uh, they're just basically rude. Some people are that way, you know. They're just high-headed, and some people are self-centered, and the things they say could be offensive. Some of them actually originate in our own imaginations, our own head. They didn't mean nothing by it, but your head turned it into an offense. You see what I'm so all offenses that come our way to cause us to stumble or to sin, they're not from the devil, but some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are from a spirit. Some of them are demonic in nature. And they are a result of, of certain spirits' intents to use a person, use something or someone to trip you up and to sin, to fall away. So, so I've, I try to train myself, and it's just my advice to you, do what you ought to with it, but I try to tell myself that at the first sign of an, of an attack of offense, well, the first thing I do is I just bind the works of the devil. Just bind the works of the devil. Just tell him no. Um, I could give you examples of this um, between just Monica and I. I don't have time this morning. I'm out of time. But, you know, I mean, just, just the works of the enemy, and we just have to bind the works of the devil. And when we do, immediately release comes. Immediately, immediately release comes. Because sometimes they're demonically inspired. Amen? But, you know, good rule of thumb is, I mean, if I just see one, I just bind devil. You just, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. You don't have any, any input into my mind, my thoughts. I'm not going to receive any work of you. In the name of the Lord, I thank you, Father. God gives me peace. I have the peace of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I, I, the, the law of love is going to work inside me. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, you speak the word, and you just... You just bind any demonic works because, you know, even if the devil didn't instigate it, if he sees it's working on you, he'll probably come along and take advantage of it. He'll be there somewhere. I mean, after a while, he'll be there. So you just bind the works of the devil so that you can, you, you can keep a pure heart and a peaceful heart toward the Lord and toward others. The scripture we started with, Paul says, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Exercise myself. God, help me to do that. Help us all as Christians to do that, representatives of Jesus. Here's my summation. And I just tell you real quickly, I'm plagiarizing it. I, I'm going I'm to plagiarize it from the Apostle Paul. My summation of the whole message. And I quote, from Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. He said, and this I pray, 
that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Your love may abound more and more in all knowledge, the gaining of understanding and information and judgment, which is reasoning and decision-making, that your love may abound more and more. Verse 10, that you may approve or you may say yes to the things that are excellent and that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Jesus Christ, not offended and not causing others to be offended in Jesus' name. Would you bow your heads and let me pray for you? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. There's so many mysteries and hidden things in the kingdom that you prepared for us, so many things that we miss, oh God, because sometimes we just, we just don't get it. But Lord, we thank you for the things that are revealed. And we thank you for the revelation in this matter, that you have a life of peace for us. The kingdom of God, O oh Lord, is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not turmoil and strife and sadness and depression. It's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, Father, I just thank you right now that you help us, that we keep our hearts clean and pure, and that you teach us the ways of Christ, that we may show forth his character and his excellence, and that our love may grow stronger and stronger and our decision-making may be more precise and in line with your word in the name of Jesus. While your heads are bowed, I just want to give one invitation, and I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything, but if you're sitting here this morning and, and you have a realization inside you, you know there is this something, it's, it's, it's been a stumbling block to me. It's become a trap. And it's just there. I don't know what to do with it. And I, I, I may have been in denial that it was an offense, and it's causing me, it's causing me to sin, and that I'm not acting like Christ wants me to. If that's you, receive this prayer, Heavenly Father. I thank you right now that you will just release the spirit of forgiveness and repentance as, as repentance is offered, O oh God, and that you will purge us. Hallelujah, we turn loose, O oh God, of that offense. I pray over that person, O oh God, that just release it. The joy and the peace that will come, it's, it's, it's beyond what they can expect. But as they release it, I ask the Holy Spirit to just open the cage in Jesus' name and let them out and let them go free. I praise you for it, Father. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Prayer partners, please come to the front. Uh, someone will be here to pray for you individually if you if you need it and uh, praise the Lord I hope that I didn't offend you preaching about offense today <laughs> hallelujah no we don't we, we don't we're not we're not offended like that praise God thank you Jesus I just speak a good blessing over you have a fantastic week praise the Lord be well be whole be healthy amen and be safe and I'll see you at the next service God bless you you're dismissed Prayer lines are open. Amen.